characteristic that is laid down through the age. And these characteristics that is laid down through the age, he can be identified by them. And either he himself would show forth these characteristics, or somebody else would see the characteristics and then would identify them. Amen. So as we read a little bit uh, a portion of the scripture from Revelation chapter 1 before we take our seats. Let us stand for the reading of the word Acts. Let's stand, sit over there. Some of this. Where I can see you. Stand. On verse 9. And I join your brother and companion. In tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God for the testimony of Jesus Christ. We went through this. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and seal it upon the and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pegamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. These cities we should become familiar with and you should know them. Amen? Because this city here is representing something. Amen? And I turned to see the voice that spoke unto me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Amen. And that is where we were the last time. In verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, girt about the paps with a golden window, and his head and his hair were white like snow. As white as snow. Were white like who? As white as snow. Sorry for that. Were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. May the Lord take his blessing to the region of the world. Amen. May be seated. So, here we are finding out something about the word of God. We are finding out about the, about the word of God. How, um, in the word of God, we see here how it says that. John was writing this book, and as he was writing, he says he was writing it unto the churches which are in, in, in Ephesus, in Smyrna, in Pegamos, in Thyatira, in Sardis, in Philadelphia, and in Laodicea. So these were particular cities of which we're living, like that we found out, like Tedalbin City, Watford City, Arrow, Wembley, London City, wherever the cities were. And each city has particular characteristics. And each characteristic was showing forth what the people in that particular city lived like and what they were doing. So as they were living, as they were, as they were, um, as they were um, living in that particular city, they had particular characteristics. And these characteristics was being typified by what other people are going to live in the following ages to come. Amen. And we saw how, as we were dramatizing it the other time, how when Joshua moved into the promised land, he went into Jericho, and when he went into Jericho, he went around the city of Jericho six times. Amen? Amen. And 
That was the typifying of six church ages. Amen. Mm. And then on the seventh church age, Joshua went through the city seven times on the seventh day. So on the seventh church age, the message of the hour is going to have to go through the church ages again. Six times, as well as the seventh, which is the seventh church age. Amen. Amen. So everything that is in the church ages, which is in, in, in Ephesus, in Smyrna, in Pegamos, in Thyatira, in Sardis, in Sardesia, and in Odessia, all those people lived in particular in those cities, was going to come together to be how the people in Odessia are going to live like. Amen. Amen. Because in all these cities, they were being typified of what God is going to do in the ages to come. So we are now come to the Laudation age. Amen. Amen. And you know, the Laudation age, the message of the hour is already preached exactly what has been preached down to the ages of these cities. Amen. Amen. So as these cities were, as this word of God was being preached, God would give one age a particular way, and then that way it would be lived by people, and then after a little while, the people would die down, then he would bring another message, another word, and after a little while, the people would die down. But when it came to the seventh church age, every word that has been given down to the age is now being given. Hallelujah. Because in this age, is a great, terrible age. It's so full of darkness. Every power that has been in the churches, that has crept into the church, down to the ages, is trying to is hindering this church at the last age. Amen? Amen? And every overcoming power that God has given to the church in every church age is being given to the believer in the church age. Amen? Amen. So the church ages are quite very important and particular to a believer in this day and age. Amen? Amen. And what I'm saying is out of every message that is preached, the church ages lays the foundation the background, the, 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 the doctrine of the framework of the message of this day and age. Amen. Amen. So here we are in Blackford, and we are, as we are studying, we want to put on those foundations exactly the same way it was given. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, the prophet was sent with the, with the commission. His commission was to send the heart of the children back to the fathers. Amen. Amen. So let us go into our message. We want to talk about um, God identifying him by his characteristics. Amen. Amen. So we, we we see here what is characteristics. I just thought maybe it would be good to start with the with the with the with the with the, um, with the quotation of what a characteristic is. Now in another message, but I better preach a message believe from the heart. It says a man's weight is his characteristic. Amen. So the characteristic of a man is his weight. Amen. Mm-hmm. There we go. He took that from, a, from an English proverb. Amen. Which says, a man is as good enough as his weight. Amen. Mm-hmm. So when, when the English proverb was saying, a man is as good enough as his weight, he says, if a man promises to do something, and if he has got a character, and if he has got an honor to do, he will do what he has promised to do. If he's an honorable man, if he makes a vow, if he makes a promise, maybe let's say you promise to marry a particular woman, or he promise to go to war, or he pledges allegiance, he is going to carry forth what he's done, or what he's promised. If he doesn't carry forth what he is saying, then that man is not good enough. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
So a man is good at this word. Amen. And that shows a character of a man. If a man says he's going to do certain things, and he doesn't do what he says he's going to do, he says a lack of character in that particular man. Amen. Amen. There are so many men who have promised, me included, who have promised to do certain things and they've not done them. That shows a lack of character in what you have promised to do. Amen. Because if you are good, if you are going to be a good man, an honorable man, you will say you will say something, you promise Agil that you are going to buy him a bicycle, and then you are going to buy him the bicycle. If you do not keep to that promise, you are not as good as what you have promised to do. Amen. Mm. But we all know that the man has got a failure. Man has never been able to keep to his word. Mm. But some men that are honorable are able to admit their failure. They will promise actually to buy a bicycle this year. By the end of December 21st, actually does not have a bicycle. And then they'll come back after and say, actually, I'm sorry, I do not buy a bicycle this year. I'll try again next year. Or something like that. Amen. That's being honorable because you are showing your intention. Amen. Amen. But God is infinite. When he says a particular way, he's going to keep his way. Amen. Amen. A man that is a man that his way. Well, this is Brother Branham. Wait, but the name is Kentucky English, so you've got to know how he's preaching. A man that his weight is not is no good. A man that his weight is no good. Then you will never have confidence in that man because his weight is no good. If a man says he's going to do something and then he doesn't do it, you can't have confidence in that man. Amen. Mm. Now, when you see what well, I was saying, this a man is only as good as his weight. Amen. Mm. That he expresses and keeps his weight. The characteristic of a person. What is a characteristic? When you're talking about a, a, a man is good, a man is what is his characteristic. So the characteristic of a man in keeping his word is a particular feature or a particular characteristic of an honorable man. Now I want to hear a description of what a, a characteristic of a person is. A person has got a particular quality or feature which is often seen in a person. So let's say, for example, I cannot pronounce the word Arab. I've got, I struggle to pronounce Arab because I'm tantric. That's a feature. That's a quality. I can't pronounce that. No matter how much I would try, I will never be able to pronounce it. So people who know me, or people who often see me or hear me speak, when they would see me, maybe stand behind that wall and I try to speak, and I say Arab, they will know that is Luke speaking there. Because they can identify me by that particular feature. Each one of us is unique. In one way or the other. Mm. You've got a particular feature that identifies blessings to be blessings. Right, that identifies Akio to be Akio. That mm. identifies Elio to be Elio. Mm. There's a particular quality that goes along with an individual as a person. Amen. Amen. And that individual, that quality is a characteristic. It's distinctive. Mm. A distinctive feature that helps to distinguish a person. Mm. Even if you if we said semicolon means it explains more. Like I heard my friend's characteristic laugh. We all say that the, the, the Makumbe family has got a particular characteristic laugh. I'm talking of me and my, my brothers and sisters. Because we've got this laugh that comes from the Chuta train. That each time when you laugh or we giggle, there's a particular laugh that will know, ah, this person is from the Makumbe. It's a distinctive laugh. Amen. It's a quality that is found within that particular person. Amen. So God has got characteristics. Mm. God Himself has got particular characteristics that He has. 
Amen. Amen. And those characteristics of God are quite distinguished, distinctive. Amen. That if God was to come here and you show forth that characteristic, you will be able to identify and distinguish that this is God. Amen. Amen. But the people who do not realize that they are able to distinguish that picture is because they do not know those characteristics. Amen. Amen. So you know, you know, you know in, in this message, we want to see how God identifies himself. Mm. By the characteristics that he is. Amen. Amen. Down through the ages, God has been trying to show the people, the humanity, what his characteristics were. Amen. Mm. There are several examples that could be given. But the prophet in this message, because he had a commission for his message, was showing forth that there was a particular distinguished characteristic of God that he had done unto Sarah. Mm. Which was when Sarah loved in the church behind, God was able to to discern that she loved. And by that particular characteristic of having his bed turned back here and Sarah hundreds and meters away from him and then God is here, is able to know what Sarah is doing in her heart and even tell her why did she love. Amen. Mm. And she lied and says that you know, that you know, you surely did. Amen. Mm. It was a particular distinctive characteristic of God. Amen. The same distinguished characteristic of God when it was displayed among another woman at the well, the woman at the well, Joseph, being a prostitute, she was able to distinguish that this characteristic is of God. Amen. Because she knew the characteristic of what God is. Amen. Hallelujah. So we also want to find out what are these distinctive characteristics. Amen. Mm. Now, his characteristics never fail. I'm talking about characteristics of God. The characteristics of God never fails. It always is the same. Now remember, his characteristic, the characteristic of God cannot fail. Amen. If it does, then God has failed. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Mm. God can never fail. Amen. Amen. There is nothing that God can fail. Mm. We human beings can fail, but once God says something, amen, in order to show forth that he is an honorable person, and is God a man's word in this characteristic, what God says in his word would not fail. Regardless of what, how much the world wants to say, or how much anybody wants to do, God's word that he promised can never fail. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God ever fails upon his promise, he no longer becomes God. Mm. He no longer can be worshipped. He no longer can be, we can come here to say, praise be to God, hallelujah to him. Because he is not God. But once God says a particular promise and he says it, he would keep it regardless. Amen. And that is one characteristic of what God is like. Amen. Amen. And that is one characteristic that a believer should always know. Amen. That if you know that particular characteristic, that he has done something in the past. Mm. That he has done. And if he was ever to bring that to the future, and that same thing was to repeat again, you would have an assurance that God can never fail again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever character he was at the beginning, he's still the same character. Amen. The reason why God can never fail is because God is infinite. And he does these things perfect. Amen. Once God has done something once, it is perfect to the dot. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He cannot come and say, I'm changing that perfect thing that I've done. No, 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 no. 
Hallelujah. So what God created you and I, He created us in perfection. Amen. Whatever way we came, whether we were not turned upside up to God, that was the perfect, unique characteristic of God. Amen. One time he picked up a, a man called Paul who had a hook nose nose. His nose was not like mine nose. His Paul's nose was like this. When people would look at it, it would, it would look like a hook. Amen. But God loved that particular hook nose person as Paul. Amen. 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 Because that was the characteristic of what Paul was. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And God was made Paul in that perfection to what Paul is. Amen. Amen. And every way he worked. Hallelujah. Mm. The way he works are characteristics. Mm. The way God works, the way God does his things, the way God does and moves around. Have you ever noticed that if you, if um, Brother Branham was a hunter, so for being a hunter, you would actually know animals. Mm. So if a deer was to pass by this trick and leave footprints, and then another um, Ram or a sheep or something like that was to pass, you would know that this particular footprint are different to those footprints by the characteristics of their walk. Amen. Mm-hmm. Just as much as our walk in life has got particular characteristics. The way we live, the way we walk, the way we do our things, our works of life has got particular characteristics that distinguish ourselves. Amen. So God himself has got particular works that he does. That distinguish that he is God. Mm. When God came down upon the face of heaven, he poured himself in one individual named the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was doing mighty works before the, the, the people that were then in his days could not believe that this man named Jesus Christ was God. Mm. And then they said to him, If you cannot believe that I am God, then believe the works. Amen. Amen. Because this works prove that who I am. Amen. Amen. Because if they had seen the works that this works were the works of God, they would have known, no, 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 this man is not just like any other individual. This man is God himself in flesh. Amen. Amen. Peter actually noticed this. Mm. Peter actually noticed this because a question was posed to all of them. Who do these men say I am? Mm. And those disciples, they seen mighty works, they seen the dead being raised, they seen water changed into wine, they seen so many things, the character, the humility, they see how he broke his bread. When he was in the when he was, when we when he would break bread, other bread would be there and they would feed thousands. So they were seeing these weeks and we say, no, no, no. How can bread just come out of that? That's creation. And nobody can give a creation work except God. God in the beginning was the one who said, Let there be and there was. And Amen. that was God Himself. So that was the creation of bread. Coming back again. Amen. How can water be changed into one? That's creation. Amen. Amen. How can a dead person rise up again? Ah, if a dead person is rising up again and life is being brought, the first person that gave life was God. Amen. Amen. So they be saying that these works were not the works of a man, they were the works of God. Mm. And the question was, what do men say I am? And then some say, uh, we are Elias, uh, some say we are Jeremiah, uh, some say we are. No, 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 no. I do not want what other people are saying. We're saying, have you identified by the works that I've done among you who I am? Who do you say I am? By the characteristics of what God is, or what God was showing, have you seen who God is by the works? And then Peter said, Thou art Christ. Amen. 
By the identification that thou art Christ means the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one was to come, the promised one was going to live, was an identification that this is God. Amen. 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 And God said, no, 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 Peter, you, you have never gone into school. You can't even sign your own name. How can you have known? He says, flesh and blood. His own intellect did not tell him. Amen. Amen. He flesh and blood did not tell him, this I am Christ. But my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Amen. Amen. And upon that element of having the word of God being revealed to Peter, mm. he said, I will build my church. Amen. Amen. So the church of the living God is built upon God revealing unto people who he is. Amen. But God reveals unto people who he is by his characteristics. Amen. The characteristics that Peter had known of the works of God. Amen. So this was his characteristics that he would do, that Peter could identify that this is Christ. Amen. And by that identification of those characteristics, it was a revelation unto Peter mm. that this is Christ. Amen. Same is it today. It is a revelation unto the people of this city and to all of us. If you can see the characteristics of God, then you can say this is God. Amen. Amen. And then he said, I will build my church. Mm. The church of the living God is not just a building. It is an individual Amen. that comes into the court of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The church of the living God is people that come into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And here we are in Watford. We are asking that the people of Watford would see the characteristics mm. of what God is. Amen. They will see the works of what God is. Amen. They will see the wonders of what God is. Amen. Amen. But when for them, after they see the works, they will still need a revelation from God. God is feeling to themselves that these people that they are gathering around here, they are not just ordinary people. Amen. They have got something inside of them Amen. that shows a characteristic, a feature, which Amen. was like God himself. Amen. Amen. And then Amen. they would identify those features that this is God. Amen. And by that identification, mm. they would see that there is a, a church will be built when they come into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you ever done anything, he does it the same way. Mm. Amen. Amen. Now, as we go on in our, in our, in our, as we read this breakdown, we go on into how God was showing his features, mm. was showing his characteristics to John. Mm. There were particular characteristics that when John turned to see, he saw a voice. Amen. Mm. He turned and he said he was looking for a voice. But as he was turning to looking for a voice, Amen. Mm. He said, let's see it again. I tend to see the voice that spoke with me. And I saw seven golden candlesticks. Mm. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Mm. So if, if, if John would have seen the Son of Man, he would have said, I saw the Son of Man. Mm. But then he says, one like unto. It's a description. Because he is not able now to see clearly, is this the same person that he had put his bosom on when he was with him on that when they were disciples, or is it someone else? So he kind of describes it. It's one like unto the Son of Man. But because he is not really too sure, he needs more features, more characteristics, more things to distinguish distinctively that this is the Son of Man or not. Amen. Amen. So it says, one like unto the Son of Man. Amen. Amen. Let us go with it. 
Now, when they think that in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, in the message of Abraham preached in 54, remember, this is 54, where Abraham later on preached the seven church ages in 1966. Six years later, they had already preached the seven church ages. Now, in 13 verse, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like his brother Abraham, the son of man. What? One like him? Who was this? His bride. All of a sudden, the one who is here, like unto the Son of Man, is now changed here, his bride. How can it be when this bride is a female? Hallelujah. And here it says, one like unto the Son of Man. Let us go further. Mm. One like him, what how it was, clothed with a garment down to his foot. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The holiness of God covering head. But Abraham is describing one like unto. But he's now calling a head. We had washed out from our sins and with his own blood. Girls about with the part. Not a man, a woman. Which means that this person was like unto the son of man was breasted. Amen. Girls about with the paps, with the golden kingdom. So as he was looking, he's seeing a man. But behind, 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 this old man has got paps, he's breasted. Amen. Amen. And he, that means he's not, you know, he's not just like a man. It's like a man, but he's got paps. Amen. Mm. Which means that when, when, when John was saying, he was saying the completion of God. Amen. Amen. Mm. Because Christ is the head. Mm. And the church is the body. Amen. Mm. So, so God was saying both the head and the body. Okay. And the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is this church. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. is this, is the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So when Amen. John is looking at her, he's looking at Blessed. One like unto. If it had been just like Matula, we say, that's the son of man. But because he's saying the blessed. One like unto the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Which means that this particular person who was like unto the seven had a particular feature of how he dressed. Amen. When he puts on his particular dress, he does not put on a dress that is here. He mm. does not put on a dress that is here. He does not put on a dress that is there. He puts on a dress that is to the foot. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, when she dresses, she dresses completely. Hallelujah. Amen. With the word of God. Amen. Amen. And the word of God dresses the bride from the, from the top to the foot. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And Amen. this is the revelation whereby mm. the holiness and the bride of Jesus Christ should take. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Mm. Oh, there's so many things coming up now. Hallelujah. Amen. So many things. One time the prophet was... Um, was, uh, was troubled about who, how the church is going to be raptured. Mm. It was really worried who is going to be in the bride? Who is going to be with Christ our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen. And then the angel of the Lord came down, Amen. and as it came down, said, I want you to see a preview. Mm. Meaning, before, if, 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 if blessing is awake as it should be, you would have been on free worship, and free worship will show you that before you put this slide, there's something called a preview which you see before the bride is. Mm. And when the prophet saw the preview of the bride, he saw them all coming from different nations, and they were so coming from different nations, they were smooth, they were clean, they were dressed, they were dressed up to the foot. 
Amen. Amen. The Bible of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world, whether they were in Asia, whether they were in New York, whether they were in Australia, whether they were in Africa, whether they were in Europe, whether they were in England, whether they were in Watford, whether they were in Manchester, whether they were in Leeds, whether they were in London, whether they were in the waters of hell, but wherever that the bride of Jesus Christ is, when she was dressed, she was dressed with a garment up to the foot. Hallelujah. Amen. A revelation. Hallelujah, of the glory and power of God that when this garment is being put on, Amen. it should be coming to the foot. Amen. Amen. This is how the old time saints dressed up. Amen. Every one of them dressed up to the foot. Amen. Amen. Well, Barnum, some of things are really coming to my thoughts. One time in Barnum Tabernacle, he received a question from the question and answers. He says, oh, oh, Our sisters now are, um, is it good for our sisters now to wear? They are now wearing, I don't know how the phrase, the question was phrased, but it was looked, they are now wearing dresses up to their knees. Amen. Amen. And when I'm in answer in response to that question, says, no, 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 they should not be wearing dresses up to their knees. It should be below their knees. Because a, a woman typifies the church. Amen. Amen. But when he says below their knees, he never gave a description below their knees, up to here, up to here, or up to here. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's below their knees. But where is the foot? The foot is below the knees. So whatever Brother Branham was saying, you say that the garment should be below the knees, but the word of God was saying the garment was down to the foot. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right, let's Amen. go on, because I might go on and on in our bodies. Get the whole parts, please. Let's just go on. Mm. I might just shout my head. What? One like him who was this, this, his light. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This when the Bible, when I'm saying, when he was preaching another message, she described him. One like unto the Son of Man says, She is him. Amen. Amen. And the one says, That is proper English. Amen. She being female is him being female, is being masculine. Amen. Amen. But in Bible terms, in description of this, is proper English. She was exactly Christ. Amen. 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 Wait for wait. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. Mm. Watch how it was. Clothed with the garment down to the foot. Maybe I'll jump there. The holiness. This garment meant the holiness of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Covering her. Amen. What covers a woman's holiness so that nobody else should see how her body is, how her shape is, how anything is holiness. Amen. What covers the bride that, that people do not know what the bride looks like, how holy she is and everything, is their dressing. Amen. Amen. So the dressing of the bride of Jesus Christ shows the holiness. Amen. Do not Christ says this, you should dress with modesty. Modesty Amen. means holiness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we in this vision of what God, when we proclaim the foundation of this message, meaning from the foundation to the top thereof, Amen. it should be laid upon the holiness of God. Amen. So we'll be preaching upon the holiness of the garment dressed up to the foot. Amen. 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 Washed Lord. with our sins with his blood. Now, remember, this is right. Mm. When the coming was first, well, she wasn't as holy before. Mm. She was coming from Mary Clay. Mm. She was a liar. She was a cheater. Mm. She was an adulterer. She was a she was a robber. She was a thief. She was a murderer. She would do the worst kind of sins. Mm. But because she admitted and confessed her sins to the Lord and asked to be washed mm. by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Red things which were so much like red would tend to be white as snow. Amen. Amen. So Amen. this particular garment was the garment which was white. Amen. Amen. Daniel actually not just saw it as it was a garment which was as white as snow. Amen. So the bride of Jesus Christ, after the washing of the waters by the word, after she's been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the things which people are confessing of, which people say, I'm sorry, oh Lord Jesus Christ, I've done wrong, please forgive me. The very moment that they ask for their forgiveness, their sins become white. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the message which we will be complaining is a message that will bring the sins of the many of white folk area as many as wretches as they could be. But when they come to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ among us as here, their sins which are good best ways will be white. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Washed. Amen. Us from our sins with his own blood. Amen. 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 That's how this holiness is. Mm. So our dressing is typifying our holiness. Amen. Our holiness and our dressing is typifying how white and righteous we are. Amen. Our modesty is typifying us. And what how how the church dresses up is the sign and show forth of how the gospel is. I'll show you in a few minutes. Amen. And the girls about the pups. You see, I'm talking about this being a woman with a golden candle. So you see, this woman. A ghetto is a belt, like I'm wearing a belt here. A belt is supposed to wear within the loins. But however, this woman, forgive me, this woman would take the belt in this particular stand and it was tied around somewhere there. I don't know how to do it. So she's wearing a big, big, big. Tight about the breast. So the belt, instead of being tied around the loins, the ghetto, which was golden, was tied around the waist. Hallelujah. And this, this ghetto is actually written down that it's a golden. It's not just brown, it's made out of gold. Amen. It's a golden ghetto. If you want to look back down in the scriptures, like how we look back down about the candlestick, the candlestick was back. Written in the Old Testament, which Moses was told after he seen the vision of what was happening in heaven, and God had told him, Go down and build a tabernacle, and in the tabernacle, put a candlestick. It was a vision that God gave unto Moses. Mm. The golden ghetto, God gave unto Moses a golden ghetto that the priest Aaron would have to wear. Mm. But when Aaron was wearing that golden ghetto, he was wearing it within the loins. It was a sign that he's wearing it within the loins. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. But that ghetto, later on, when the gospel came unto Paul, Paul was received that we should clothe ourselves with a girl about the loins with truth. Amen. So the golden ghetto was a representative that it is truth. Amen. Men these days do not want to be told the truth. Mm. They want to be told a lie. Mm. When they can believe a lie, they'll go on with a lie, but the lie will take them up to hell. Amen. But the truth is that if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Amen. So the truth is the ghetto. But this ghetto, which is golden, with the pride, is being tied around the breasted part. Amen. Amen. And why is this gospel the truth which sets people free being tied about the hell? Because it has got the power. It wants to hold 
that garment, amen, so that garment should be flowing, free flowing from the breast down to the foot, amen, amen. that the holiness of the church of the living God amen. should be tied upon the waist, free flowing to the foot, amen. amen, that truth of the word of God should be tied with power and glory, amen, amen. the amen. truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, setting people free, is the one that is to be tight, amen, amen. the moment that truth is not tight, mm. the dresses become short. The chases become shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm. Why the dresses become spoiled? The dresses become spots. The moment the truth of the word of God has been infiltrated with a lie, with an addition, with a subjection to what the gospel says it should be, mm. then there's no more power for people to live the word of God. Amen. Amen. We want people, ourselves included, to be able to manifest the characteristics of what God is. Amen. God to be seen in this human flesh. Mm. God to be seen in this human flesh. God Amen. to be seen in that human flesh. Mm. God to be seen among us all that shall come here that Amen. God is dwelling with them. But if this pulpit becomes weak, if this pulpit becomes does not preach the truth of the word of God, if this pulpit does not hold to the truth, what are people going to do? They are going to hold on to a lie. Mm. And they are not going to live the truth. Mm. We are seeing a lot of people as the ages have been going around that's how they would fail. Mm. The pulpit became weak. The standards became lower. God jumped in and the ship got out. Why? Because of the pulpit, the gospel became not preaching the truth. It was no longer tight enough. Mm. If it's being all days, God holds the whole garment. Amen. Amen. So when you have the picture of the gospel being held about the power over the body. Hallelujah. It's not me saying this. It's 1954. When the angel of the Lord says, when his voice shall begin to sound, begin to sound, then the mysteries of God should be fulfilled. Amen. This is the mystery of God being fulfilled by William Mario Branham as he preaches about the ghetto, the mm. truth. Amen. 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 Let us take it a bit further. But the Branham says, as he annotates the message that is preached into a book called The Earth Position of the Church Ages. Mm. On the Patmos vision, it says, The golden candle mm. is no longer girt around the waist. Mm. Where the priest must wear it as mm. he ministers to God in the holiest place. Mm. This was Aaron. Aaron was told from God. Moses had been seen how Aaron, the priest, when they are going to minister in the tabernacle of the Lord, they should be girt about the truth in their loins. Amen? Amen. So he's saying, they must wear it in the in the loins. But it is now around the shoulders. Yes. For now, for it is not it is now not the priest but the judge. Amen. So in this episode, when he is coming, he's not coming just as a priest. Because John will see him in the future. He see him in completion of Christ and the bride all together. And then he's not coming just as a priest. The days of his ministration of a priest are over. Mm. Amen. Like this that. is now a second coming, and on the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's now coming to judge. Amen. Amen. He's now coming as a judge. Amen. Amen. So in this coming, when he was in the Old Testament, mm. he is a priest. They would offer their sacrifice, and they would see that woman will be, will be put on the altar. Amen. Mm. When, he became, when he became the high priest after his resurrection, he is still a priest. 
Amen. 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 That things and the priest under the Lord. Amen. Amen. So the priest, the ministering of the gospel, has still got to be in the loins. Mm. The preacher today should be having the gospel tied around our loins. If we, if, we, if we don't tie this gospel around our loins so much, amen, and maybe tie it, then anything, our, 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 our comments are going to fall on the floor and we'll be naked. Amen. Mm. So the, the truth should be really tight. Amen. amen. But when John is seeing him, it is after the church ages. Mm. When he's now coming down, amen. amen. He's now coming down as a church. This is okay. what I'm saying here. Mm. As a church. Now, John 5 3 says, Come to pass. He's putting it in a past tense. Come to pass. This is the future. For the Father judges no man, mm. but has committed all judgment unto the Son. Amen. So the Son here is now coming to judge. And shall see how even the bride is together with him in those judgments. Mm. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us go. For if the candle, this is OX, this is the particular something which he blessed me. Let mm. me just wait and pause for a moment of teaching. We've got about 20 30 minutes. Let's just see if we can just take this moment. I love it when the Bible goes back and forth in the Bible and we see certain things that are in the biblical truth in the Old Testament, which we never knew had not been for the message of the hour brought forth by William Marion Branham. Who never had known. He was amplifying the message and making the pictures of God more known unto us. On Jeremiah chapter 18, I don't have it, the, the whole slide there, I've just got verse 11, but I want to go through the whole chapter. Because some of us have never been able to read the book of Jeremiah in fullness. But let us read this Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah has got certain stories which are very, very particularly interesting. Amen. Mm. Let us read on Jeremiah. Last time we read on Joshua, on how Joshua went and took over Jericho. And he, he did seven days, and the seventh day he turned round and round. Let's see what Jeremiah is being told here in this story. Amen. Amen. That says the Lord. I don't have my big Bible. I, I thought somebody had got it, so I picked up this one. Then that says the Lord unto me, this Jeremiah. Go and get thee a linen ghetto. Mm. And he put it upon thy loins. And put it. Oh, I have to. Maybe if I hit this from this. From this.
the few people can go to heaven. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah was saying, put on that gate of faith upon the loins. So the, Jeremiah put on the gate of the truth of his loins faith. Amen. Amen. Then the second is saying, take the gate that thou hast put upon the loins and arise and go to Ephraim. Amen. Mm. This Ephraim, I don't know. And hide it there in a hole of the rock. So I went and I did it by Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. And it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me again the third time, Arise and go to Euphrates and take the gate of whom which came, which I commanded thee to hide thee. So he put on this gate of truth. Then takes it and goes it in a rock and he hides it in Euphrates. There's a place called Euphrates. Later on, there's a river called River Euphrates. Amen. So he now takes it from the head from which we are commanded to hide it in. Verse 7. Then I went to Euphrates and he digs and took the ghetto from the place where I hid it. And behold, look at how the ghetto is. Behold, the ghetto was mad. He hid it. But now the ghetto was mad was no longer as truthful as it was. Mm. Because the ghetto had been built in a particular place called Euphrates. Mm. Amen. As we shall talk about Euphrates another time, we shall see how these people Euphrates are holding demons. I'm just even saying, but, but we, I'm just kind of thinking about it when I'm reading it. And it was profitable for nothing. So this ghetto, which used to hold upon Jeremiah's loins, and it was a ghetto representing the truth of God and the truth of God setting people free when it had been hit in the Euphrates. And after days, Jeremiah went to take it. It was now profitable for nothing. It can no longer be, be tied around him so that the gospel could be profitable for the people. This is what happens when the truth of God has been marred by people that have added to the word of God or people that are subtracting from the word of God. It cannot be producing life, eternal life, to the people. Amen. Amen. This is what happens when the churches of the living God are coming up in the seven church ages. The devil having crept in is now adding to the word of God or subtracting the word of God. And by what? By what they are saying, by their ideas, by their doctrine, and everything is making that the people cannot be able to live the life of God. It should be that when a person comes over here to church and the gospel is preached unto them, when they leave this church and they go to their homes, they are able to stop what they believe in. If it has been contrary to the word of God, and they have been able to live the life of Jesus Christ, who is the life of the word of God. Amen. Amen. The holiness of the word of God, that garment becomes effective, that gospel becomes powerful, that it pushes the people that are living. Amen. Amen. But when the gospel and people are not living the word of God, it means that there is a problem somewhere. Mm. The problem is the truth is not being proclaimed. Amen. So here in what we want to proclaim the truth, regardless of what Pope, Bishop, Pastor, Church will ever say, we want to proclaim the truth of the gospel as given unto us in this last day. Amen. Regardless. Amen. We will preach it out of the conviction of the truth. Amen. Because we want a life lived out for Jesus Christ. Amen. Ourselves want to live for Jesus Christ. We want the people that come here to live for Jesus Christ. Amen. We want ourselves to live for Jesus Christ. Amen. But here, the gospel which Jeremiah has been told is mad. Let us read. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord, After this manner we are mad, the pride of Judah and the pride of Jerusalem. So this Judah and this Jerusalem is a particular pride. 
Amen? Mm. If you read the book of Jeremiah, you would have seen and heard that Jeremiah has been prophesying to them. And they were not taking heed. They were being told that their sins, their idolatry, and everything that they've done is going to bring the Nebuchadnezzar to the people. Amen? Mm. But they were being proud. They didn't want to hear the gospel. So much like Laodicea this day, and our cities this day, when people become proud, pride demands they do not want to humble themselves to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. So he says, I will mark the pride of Judah and Jerusalem. These evil people will refuse to hear my words, which walk in imagination of their heart. So their heart is with imagination. And walk after other gods that I dwelt in. To save them, to worship them, shall even be as this ghetto. So these people who are refusing the gospel shall be mad like the ghetto was. Which is good for nothing. Meaning the people are good for nothing. Right. Verse 7, if you want to thank you, as I, go, as I turn and look upon the, the slides. For as the ghetto cleaves to the loins of a man, so have I caused to cleave unto me the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah. God's parable in that he says, this ghetto which was tied around Jeremiah, God was signifying that a time he had caused the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem to cleave unto him. Mm. There was a purpose. He wanted these people to cleave unto him. Amen. Amen. Says the Lord, that they might be unto me, to God, for a people. Amen. 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 Unto the Lord for a name. Amen. Unto the Lord for a praise. Amen. Unto the Lord for a glory. Amen. So this gate was the difficulty that if the truth is proclaimed unto the Judah, unto Jerusalem, then the people will worship the people of God. They will Amen. have the name of God. They will have the praises of God. They will have the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So much as it is in the New Testament that if this ghetto, which is tied around the pubs, now the bread of Jesus Christ has got the ghetto tied in the pubs, the gospel is fullness. She is a people of God. Amen. She carries the name of God. Amen. She carries the praises of God. Amen. She carries the glory of God. Amen. So the ghetto should really bring praises and glory and honor unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Because Amen. these people are called by his name. Amen. Are they not called Christians? Mm. Christians being in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But now, now these people ask you, are you, oh, are you a Christian? No, I'm Baptist. No, I'm Methodist. No, I'm Catholic. That's not what you're asking. Are you a Christian? A Christian is a Christian that is the life of Jesus Christ. When the disciples who follow Jesus Christ and were doing the same characteristic of what God was doing, the people looked at them and said, Ah, these people's lives are like Christ. They are called Christians. Mm. Never did he give them a denominational name of being those special base fellowship, LCA, Branham Tabernacle, Eastley, or whatever names that they call themselves. He never identifies an individual by the places where you fellowshiped. Mm. He said, are you a Christian? The answer is, you are a Christian by the characteristics of God living in you. Amen. Amen. The characteristic of God identifies you to be a Christian. So the people that come over here, their characteristic is the characteristic of God. Amen. 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 So in these people, they wear the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it will be his praises mm. and for his glory. Amen. We've got about Amen. 10, 15 minutes. Amen. Amen. Let's just take it a bit further. Now, Brother Branham, in the message, the seal of God preached two days after he preached the church ages. There. He preached, went on to preach a message called the seal of God two days later. 
And he says, the first night before last was the church and the church ages. How we see Jesus standing in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. Now approaching dot, dot, dot here because there's a lot more that he says. But it is not our focus. We want to focus upon the identification and the characteristics of God. Mm-hmm. And how he was appearing. The scriptures we had is where we, we jumped to. And with a, uh, there was a lot more he said there, but I want to go on the ghetto. And with a ghetto around about the breast part of the church. Mm. So it's not me saying this. It's the prophet was saying it. Mm. The ghetto was around about the breast part of the church. Women. Covered over. So the, 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 the church was covered over with a garment. Mm. Holding, this ghetto is holding the gospel, holding the righteousness of Christ over the church. Amen. So the ghetto is actually holding the righteousness of Christ over the church. Mm. So the garment is the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. So the garment is the typifying of how we are living the righteousness of God. Amen. And if our sisters and our women are not typifying and showing forth that we are living that garment, then we the believers are not living right. Mm. So many times it's been proclaimed that the sisters have faced this, but in actual faith, they are here with a vessel. They only typify what the gospel being preached. They only typify what the people are living. So if we live contrary to the word of God, the sisters will also dress up contrary to the word of God. Mm, true. So we should be living the gospel in such a way that it brings righteousness. Amen. And then by virtue of living the righteousness of God, it automatically goes over to the sisters. Amen. But the Bible says, if you want to see a church of how it should be, look at, look at the sisters' dressing. Amen. If the sisters' dressing is contrary to the word of God, that's how that our sissified, that's how our father, when I put it, how sissified the brothers are. Sissified meaning that these people that are called themselves men are women. Ooh. That's how he went deep into that. So it means that if the brother slays, the brother that has got a problem. If the brother is the gospel that has got a problem. If the, this, this gospel is not being preached in his fullness, in his righteousness, in his holiness, then it goes over and spills over to all the people dress. Mm. And all the people believe the word of God. Mm. And that is what we are trying to bring back into the house of the Lord in what world. We want to bring back the righteousness of God, Amen. the holiness of God, not just in dressing, but even as we preach on other things. That are written in the word of God, it will be in the fullness of the gospel with power and glory in it, because in that fullness is how the people are being dressed. Amen. It's not just a moment of dressing, it's all of the world, the word of God. Amen. Amen. Let's just continue. Oh my. John first notices and mentions the whiteness of his hair. Oh, I've got very few minutes. But anyway, we want to talk of these other features. So we see we've just we've spoken about, about the garment, a characteristic of God. We've spoken about the paps and the golden ghetto. Once you see here on verse 14, the other two characteristics. We'll mention the other ones later on. Let's see here. What I'm going to mention is the other two. Which is, well, let's read the scripture. It says on God's foot in his head, that's Christ now, and his hair were white like wool. As white as snow. Amen. Amen. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Amen. Amen. And Brother Branham says in the church edges book, or not church edge from the message that they preach on the church edges on Patmos Vigil, says John first notices and mentions the whiteness of his hair. It was white as as bright as snow. It was not just white. You know, white as he is white as this, but this one is with spots. 
I don't know why it will change. Why it can change? Why is this part? This is not bright. It was white, and then it was bright. Amen. So the, the white it was white and bright. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So you have seen so many on, on, when they when they put an angel and they draw pictures of an angel on, on, on internet and they see how they magnify the whiteness of that angel. It will be white and bright, but it's snow. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how the hair was. I've got some white hair coming, but it's not yet bright. Amen. This was not because of his age. People who normally have white hair are because of age. As you grow, the white your hair turns white because of the choices and the experiences of life and how you struggle and how you're struggling. That shows me the job struggling me. Uh, your, your hair turns white. Amen. But for him, it was not because of age. No, no. The brilliant white hair does not signify age. But it signifies experience, maturity, and wisdom. If you want to have more wisdom, go and sit under a person who is elderly, whose hair is white. You will hear more about the experiences of life. Because they've gone through life, they've made mistakes, they've collected their mistakes, they can show you if you go down this route, by their own experience, you are going to pound the same mistake they made, but they'll show you the good things that they did. If you do the good things that they did, you go down this way, by their maturity, they'll show you this is the way to walk. Mm. You know the Bible says that the young woman should consult the aged woman, aged woman, who will gray when they know. Why? Because they've got experience, they've got maturity, they've got wisdom. Amen. Mm. So that is what this is what the, he was signifying. Experience. It's white as snow. Maturity and wisdom. Now he is coming, the judge of all the earth. You will be crowned with wisdom. That is what the white and glistening hair signifies. Amen. The said, bright, yes, it's glistening hair signifies. And then he goes back to Daniel. Because Daniel also saw him. So this in Daniel 7, verse 9 to 14, when Daniel saw him coming, I mean, we are just going to touch on verse 9. If we go and read further on verse 9 to 14, because it shows how Daniel shows him. And I beheld until the stones were cut down. And the ancient of days, it's called the ancient of days, did sit. Whose garment, hallelujah, we're talking about that garment earlier on, was white as the snow. Amen. So the very garment that we're talking about, the righteousness of God, righteousness is white. Amen. Amen. The prophet says, if you pass through red, and that light that passes through red and passes through another red and it comes over there, it's white. Amen. Mm. So if you pass through, the, if you confess your sins and you cover them in the red blood of Jesus Christ, and then there's another red covering the whole earth, hallelujah, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ covering the whole earth, your sins before the Lord are white. So many people used to stand in queue in the prophet's days and they would stand and they would be waiting for discernment or for healing or for anything. And before they had confessed their sins, Brother Branham with the mic would have to put the mic somewhere aside and then talk to them about their sins. Why? Because before they came into the life, they never confessed those sins. So when they come before the presence of God, where Brother Branham, the angel of the Lord, stood, they will be exposed. And Brother Branham did not want to expose their sins, so he put the mic aside and he talked to them and they would confess their sins before their healing. And the moment they confessed it, their sins, which were as made white as they could be, became white. And then Brother Branham would think, now you believe? 
go and be healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many have seen it even over here? When he comes along and says, he puts the mic somewhere and says, Well, when I'm dead, interviews in people's lives. Why? Because he doesn't want to be taught. Not even in even in the ministry. When you go to the pastor or to Amazon and you are still gushed with your sins and you're asking for help because of your sins that you have not made right, that help you are going to seek, you will not be granted. But if you go in the house of the Lord, having asked for forgiveness, that you walk in the house of God, God answers your prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. But this was the ancient of days, this thief, whose coming was the right, and the hair of his head, the hair was like pure wool. I put in dot dot here because it further explains what was happening. It was the white throne judgment. Lord of Grey went there when Daniel was seeing. Think of it, those eyes that were once dimmed with tears of joy, of sorrow and pity. Those eyes wept with compassion at the grave of Lazarus. So these eyes we're talking about. That we're talking about. We're talking about eyes. Yeah, his eyes were as a flame of fire. Amen? Mm. We're talking about eyes now. We're not talking about hair. We've just gone beyond the hair. We're talking about the eyes. Now, think of it. Think about the eyes. Think of it. Those eyes that were once dimmed with tears of sorrow and pity. Those eyes that wept with compassion at the grave of Lazarus. Amen. Amen. The only emotion of all the emotions that Christ displayed to the whole world was the emotion of crying. He often wept. This one, he wept often. Christ was just like a baby at times. He would cry like you cry. And his cry was the cry of the sins of the people. At Lazarus' death, he cried. He wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, he wept through the two words. And that was not the only time that he wept. Christ often used to go into the mountains and weep for the sins of Jerusalem. And today we've got people who are weeping for the sins of this world. Amen. 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 And yet behind that weeping and that sorrow, there was still God. He was just like the prophet Jeremiah. He would weep mm. for what was happening to people. And this is what we are saying. He would weep. We are weeping for people that are not coming to Christ. Hallelujah. Mm. Now those eyes, those same eyes saw vision. They would weep, but they also saw vision. They looked deep within the heart of man and read the very thoughts and knew all their various ways. Amen. Those same eyes would look into the hearts of men. Not even into the minds, the hearts of men. Amen. Amen. Those very eyes, flaming eyes of the judge, are even now recording the lives of all flesh. Amen. Running to and from the earth, there is nothing that he does not know. Amen. The very same eyes are running up to this date and time around all earth, and there's nothing before him that he does not see. There's nothing before him that he doesn't know. Amen. He sees we are as we are right now, but he doesn't only see we as we are right now. He also sees what we are is inside us. Amen. 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 For the word of God is quick and is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, going inside. Hallelujah. Even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, Amen. of the joints and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts Amen. of the heart. But these are not such thoughts. And intent of the heart. What you intend to do, the motive that you have behind it, what you are planning to do, amen. Mm. So this gospel and our gathering here in Whiteford, our intention, God knows. Amen. Our thoughts, God knows. 
If we are just gathering here for glory of men because that you are just a preacher for the church somewhere, no. God knows. No. If we are just, just, just gathering here because we are desiring and we are weeping for the sins that are done in this city of Watford and surrounding place and believe that God called us so that people would come to the righteousness of God, then God knows. Amen. So the thought that our intense God is able to see. When we come here and we gather, and we think, oh, I'm just going to church, or I think, oh, I'm going to church to support the cause of the gospel. We want to see a church that vibrant, lift out with praises and glory to God. Amen. God knows. Amen. 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 He knows the thoughts and the intents. Amen. He knows the desires of the heart, what each one intends to do. Amen. There's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. For all things are naked before him with whom we have to do. Amen. If only people knew that. If only people knew that when you are with somebody who knows everything about you, your behavior and your characteristics change. Mm. You can't hide anything. When you are thinking, he knows. When you are behaving, he knows. When you are doing, he knows. Amen. Mm. But the Penny Green once said if you have a quotation which I shared with my friend, if Brother Penny Green says, Right, in this quotation, Brother Perry Green, where that says, I'll just talk this for the last moment of our time. Mm. Brother Perry Green was in his church. And he's, he's, he's talking about uh, the time that he met up with uh, uh, Brother Perry Paul. Now, Brother Perry Green, at one moment, Brother Perry and Billy Paul, before they later on were together in the end stage of Brother Brian ministry. In 1965. But before then, when Brother Billy Paul was just a 15 year old, he went to a Bible college. And at this Bible college, Brother Perry Green was there. So, Brother Billy, Billy Paul, because the principal was doing something not good to Brother Billy Paul, Brother Branham called the principal. And then he asked, told the principal what he was doing, Brother Perry Billy Paul. And yet, Brother Branham was not there. So, that was showing a discernment of Brother Branham. Discerning the principle of what was going on between the principle and Billy Paul. So, but I very agree in this church. He is now showing to these people this testimony. And then he's telling the people, he's telling the testimony, he receives a phone call. Amen. And he says, All right, I'm preaching. Just hold on. I've just received a phone call. Let me answer the phone call. He goes to his desk and he answers the phone call. And lo and behold, it's Brother Branham. And then he says, Ah! And he says, oh, you are telling the church this and that. So why is he talking about the testimony of Brother Billy Paul? He picked up the phone, and then Brother Branham is on the other end, and he's telling him of what he says in the church. And then he comes back, he says, you stand now, and says, you don't know what is this. He said, oh, Brother Branham, amen. Why? Because it's discernment. And then after that, he shows you would never, your life would never be the same when you know that you've got a friend that whatever you are doing, he knows. Someone else knows what you are doing even when you are not there. Just because Brother Branham had a gift of discernment, who could tell what was happening in other places when he was not there? So you were you could able to tell what is happening in you. What kind of person would you be? This Green. When you know that there's someone else. So if you were to lie, you would go to my you know. Okay, no. So when you live a life that somebody else knows, but here we're not talking about somebody else. Here whom we have to deal with knows what we have to do. 
There's always some God who knows what you are doing, whether mother or your baby is not there, whether in your bedroom, or whether at school, whether at home, whether at work. There's somebody who knows about it. Amen. So people will come around here, they will live here, and they might just say, oh, yes, I'm going to church because the gospel is preached. We should have long dresses. They will go with long dresses. When they're out there and watch food, they will just put on their mini skates. No, 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 no. Whom we have to do with knows mm. what is happening. Amen. So because his eyes are all over, we want to have the gospel so that he has believed out to him who knows. Amen. Think of it. He knows even now what you are thinking. Amen. Right now, he knows. He knows what Sarah was thinking in her heart. Mm. He knows what Nathaniel was in his heart. He knows Zacharias by name. He knows the woman as well. He knows you today, every day. Amen. As we come to the end of our service, there's more slides there, but I'm just thinking of the time. Amen. Amen. Those are the characteristics of God. No, God has raised him up from the dead, and today his character is the same as it was. Have you stand up? Mm. Amen. His characteristic is the same as it was then. Amen. The same thing to take place when the word of God is being revealed to these people. Today, this is the day when the word of God, which was not yet been revealed, is now being revealed to the people. Luke 17, 30, when the Son of Man is revealed. Who is the Son of Man? The word of God. What is being revealed in this day, the message of the hour, the word of God. Amen. What is happening in the word of God, the characteristic of God. Amen. So what is he saying? The returning of the days of Sodom, as Jesus prophesied, the same thing is to take place. When the word, the son, is being revealed to the people, it's identification in its characteristics. It says, he that believeth, you and I, we are believers. Jesus said to me, the words that I do shall ye do also. Amen. Now look, Brother Bram explains this. He that believes on me, a true believer, he never said anyone else, he says, a true believer, the words that I do shall he do also. Notice in other words like this, he that believes on me shall be identified by my characteristics. Amen. The works, the characteristics of God. The characteristics we are seeing as white, as the garment is white as snow. The characteristics we're seeing that he knows our hearts. The characteristics that we're seeing that his hair is as white as snow. Righteousness of God. Wisdom. Maturity. The characteristics of what God is, is going to be identified to a brother, to a sister, that that has believed on him. So our, our challenge between you and I, me being challenged as well, you also being challenged, is do we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? If we are believers of the word of God, then his characteristics of what God is, is what we should have. Is what we should live by. Is the works. Now that is what he did. Let's just take it a bit further. And he promised to him that believes, my characteristics shall do in him. So what the promise is, the characteristic of what he wants to do, he says, my characteristics of what God's characteristics will be going through. We've not yet finished. We're going to talk about them again as we go first, as we go forth in Revelation chapter 1, verse 15. But he says, these characteristics which God is displaying, which God is showing unto John, that this person who looks unto the son of like unto the son of man, Christ and the bride, the characteristics that he had was of Christ and the church, the characteristics of which this will be displayed and they will be in the individuals. So today, the bride of Jesus Christ, the believer today, has got yet certain characteristics. 
the same that we identified. Mm. Hallelujah. At Antioch, when they were called Christians, we also saw them and said, My character shall do in him just as he did in me. That's what I believe. I want to see the characteristics of God in me. I want to see the characteristics of God in the church. I want to see the characteristics of God in the people. My desire is to see God's characteristics being lived out. Amen. And not he that believes on me is my identification. My characteristic. He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. That identifies the character of Christ in him, displays the characteristics of him. I have often challenged people saying, that was not for only particular people, that was for you and I, a believer. For whomsoever will. It was not that it was going to be given for one particular group, or for one individual, or for one messenger, or for Brother Branham alone. Like so many people are limiting themselves to the blessings of God. God wants to do and display His glory in the church, His power in the church, His praise in the church. So believers that believe that the characteristic of God can be displayed in the very same manner that He did Himself. All the characteristics of Christ being displayed. And even him, as we bow our heads, who wants to have the characteristics of God? Who wants to see those characteristics lived out today? Who wants to see people?